Hello and welcome to the Infinite Escape Room Pubisode, where we discuss the drinkable qualities of a Yorkshire pudding, talk about the quantum perplexities of audio escape rooms, and everything starts to unravel when John tucks into a packet of chocolate digestives. So here we are sitting in the cave in, the only pub where they can legally serve minors, taking a quick break after our escape from. <laughs> Dang, oh, so Lord. Uh, I can't take credit. Brilliant. My wife came up with both the pub name and the uh, the blurb after it. She was on fire tonight, so thank you, Mim. <laughs> Taking a quick break after our escape from Danarogov Cave to have a drink and chat about the room, what we just did. Uh, but first, it's my round. So who's drinking what? Water. Council pop. Delicious. Is it fizzy <laughs> or is it, is it flat? Flat. It's fresh from the tap. You are an absolute rebel. Mm. I mean, at least it's Welsh water, so it's going to be like the top quality shit. Obviously. Well, barkeep, I'm going to have, I think, a bottle of Yorkshire pudding oh, beer. Oh, fuck no. Oh, oh wow. Jesus Christ. Wow. <laughs> Which even oh, has that sounds written amazing. upon it, Oof. written upon it, made with real Yorkshire pudding. Uh, where'd you get it from? And it says, winner of Aldi's The Next Big Thing Award. Aldi? I'm going to keep an eye out So, here we go. Oh, please be good. Please be good. Mm. Um. <laughs> I'm trying to detect if I can taste Yorkshire pudding. <laughs> and I, I don't think I can, but it's okay. I just don't feel like it's set. It's done what it's set out to do, and it's even made by the Yorkshire Pudding Beer Brewery TM, who are definitely a real brewery. Hmm, jury's out. I'm I'm disappointed, John. Yeah. Was, after the build up you gave us, I was expecting steam to come out your ears, or for you to turn into a plate of gravy. Um, I I'll, am sad. I'll be honest. Yeah, it's um, it's not great. It's because it's made with Yorkshire puddings. Yorkshire puddings, <laughs> lovely. Beer, lovely. Together. Mm. I would like to know the part, the, the, the step in the beer making recipe where, where it says, then add Yorkshire. <laughs> and you've also got to assume, like, these aren't the fresh ones. They'd be sitting there making fresh Yorkshire puddings for this. Yeah, yeah. These are the ones that aren't Bessie's. We're like, well, this is either pig feed or beer mush. And Yorkshire puddings can only be eaten fresh. Yeah. Well... I need them regardless, but yeah, they should only be yeah. fresh. Oh, I would, I'll, oh, I'll no. nosh and I'm cold, I'll nosh and I'm stale. I know, I scorn both of you for this. I, me, scorn your choices <laughs> of food. They shouldn't be wasted, John. They need to be eaten regardless. Think think about what you've done. They freeze well. Yorkshire puddings freeze they well. They never yeah. last long enough in my house to freeze. Oh no, because yeah, double, double cooked Yorkie. Beautiful. I mean, what if you poured the beer into a Yorkshire pudding? Let it soak up all that lovely beer yeah, goodness. I'm, I'm wondering, is this basically a bottle of gravy? Oh. <laughs> is that what I'm drinking with alcohol? Um, is that... It's not a bad show. <laughs> Maybe this is like the next beer we need to look out for from Aldi, of just like delicious Bovril beer. Oh. In a culture clash, I'm going to wash this down with some fake mochi balls. Mmm. <laughs> oh, it's too hard. <laughs> needs to soften up. Oh. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Got to wait for the balls to soften before, but in my, in my yeah, that was a really well practiced motion there. Yeah, that was incredible. That's one for the OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's an image. And I'm Mike. I'm Riggedy Diggity Mike Collins, and I am drinking. Um, I'm on the 19 Crimes. Hey, it's been oh, a while. lovely. 
But to add a little bit of variety, it's 19 Crimes that got opened at the weekend and has been camping in the fridge because I found that 19 Crimes doesn't sit well once it's opened. Like it turns to 19 types of vinegar very quickly. Again, it doesn't so last long are you drinking? Are you drinking chilled red wine? It was chilled when it came out the fridge, but because it's like 90 degrees in my house, um, it's Hang definitely on. body temperature. Does that work? Does chilling red wine slow mm-hmm. down the process of degradation? Yeah. Ah, really? Yeah. Yeah, so it's, why mm. it's whenever I've got, because um, you know when you get a really mellow, sweet red wine, you're like uh, like a Pinot Noir or something, and you're like, oh, this is delicious. The day you open it, you're like, mm, scrummy, scrummy, scrummy. And then you're like, oh, I'll finish this off tomorrow night. And then the next day you do, and it strips the enamel from your teeth. Um, well, yeah, it's... Because it's kind of it's just started to started to turn. But if you stick it in the fridge, that's but yeah. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it with anything with a lot of like you know those really tanniny ones. Wouldn't do it with that because they tend to go a bit funny. But yeah. Uh, and I'm Jamie, and I'm drinking 19 Crimes' shit little cousin, the Reprobates, also from Aldi. Oh no, Jamie, it's bad. Yeah, it's it, bad. It, it is bad. It's it is really bad, and it's bad. not even that much cheaper, which is no. insulting. Yeah. Hang on. Uh, we had this conversation on this podcast about this wine about a month ago, yep. and I, I damned it, and you went, that's all the recommendation well, I need. Well, I got a you know, scientific inquiry, John. I need to make sure that I see for myself. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I did. I, I tried to the buy a bottle immediately after discovering <laughs> it with you, John, and then I was like, I can kind of see what they're trying to do, but, but no. no. Yeah, no, it leaves, and not that much. It leaves, leaves a horrible sting in the back of my throat. I'm going to drink it because, you know, it's not that bad. But yeah, it doesn't hold a candle to 19 crimes. No, it could be worse, mind. I have drunk worse wine than the reprobates. Yeah? Oh, if you've drunk a, a, a shitty wine, please at us on Twitter. Give us your recommendations for things to avoid. If you want us to drink your shitty wine, then why not sponsor us? And we'll say how <laughs> shitty it is and then buy a bottle again anyway. Because Maybe that, our listeners will as well. We <laughs> Maybe we're the viral marketing scheme you never knew you wanted. <laughs> this we do like need this. Team Crime to sponsor us by this point. Oh, we do. We are putting their kids through college, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I really hope we don't get sponsored by Mochi Balls, because the idea of watching Johnny end of the Mochi ever again in my life will be one Mochi too many. This has been a horrendous Mate, I experience. I would be totally fine with that. <laughs> but the posh ones, not yeah. the Aldi ones. As long as we film it in slow-mo, Surely stick it up on TikTok for the, uh, the no. top-tier Patreons. Yeah, did you did you eat the posh one in Sainsbury's? Is that why you're not allowed back and why you're now having to rim these ones? <laughs> to suck on all these balls. Yeah. I mean, there's an advert right there. Just close-up of, of John's mouth noshing on one of those things. Yeah, it's like watching a Dyson try to extract every ounce of moisture out of an apple. It's just horrendous. <laughs> John's really going to town on it. Before we get into the next part of this episode, quick spoiler warning, if you've not listened to the previous episode, please stop immediately. What do you think you're doing? Go listen to that and then come back. Or don't. I'm not your fucking dad. Do we like? So last week, uh, our amazing solvers escaped from none other than the famous Danarogov cave uh, in Wales through some deft touching of penis walls, uh, touching of nuns. And launching themselves off into the, the abyss in a coracle, cool running style, which I think was very nice. And you managed it by the skinny of teeth with like 50 seconds left. So very well done, chaps. So first question I have about this room, Jamie, is, is if this is based on a real place, how much of it is based on a real place? Um, as much as I could, to be honest. So the... There is definitely a sign that says Bone Cave. Are there... Are there penis drawings on the walls of this cave? There are not penis drawings, but there are handprints on the walls of the cave. So there really? is a bone cave. 
There is a cathedral cave. There are handprints. There's a caveman diorama. Uh, the nuns is a real thing. It's a particular formation of stalagmites. Um, the, there's a lake as well. Uh, there's no Neolithic trampoline as far as I'm aware, but <coughs> some artistic licensing hmm. was uh, <laughs> was done. Uh, but yeah, I went, I went to yeah. Danarogov over Easter and I'd not been since I was a kid. So I had high hopes. And despite some some parts of it being a little bit disappointing, um, I was immediately like, this has to be a puzzle. So I was that asshole just barging into the front of the queue, taking photos. But Jamie, have you seen You Can Get Married there now? Yeah, so the the, the cathedral cave. Um, yeah, how cool is they that? They really do, they play organ music over the sound of the waterfall. Um, cause the oh, that's what amazing. that was. Oh, that's lovely. Um, and people get married there for, for photos and stuff. It is slippery as fuck, though. <laughs> you uh, you are in danger of falling into a quite rapidly rushing river into a part of the cave if you if you slip. It is dangerous. Oh, that's what makes some excellent photos, beautiful. though. It would have if I had a camera that wasn't shite. Um, so I was taking photos for inspiration of like all the little handprints and stuff. They came out just all blurry because it's a cave and I can't take photos to save my life. Um, but yeah, the Coracle, the Edwardian Explorer, those are all legit um, parts of the history. Also, there's a genuine Edwardian Explorer dead in the cave. Not dead in the cave. Wait, but there's a Coracle in there? That was the boat. The boat was a Coracle. But there's, is there actually one in? Not now, but that's how they did. No. They, they discovered the cave. So there was yeah. um, these two brothers that had a farm near um, near the cave. Weirdly, the the farm was called Danarogov Farm. Danarogov means beneath the cave in Welsh. So how the fuck did they discover a cave that was under a farm that was already called beneath the cave? I don't get how it works. I've tried to find out. Can't figure it out. Hang on, hang on, hang on. So. They lived on a farm, and the farm was called Beneath the Cave Farm. And at no point did they think, I wonder why it's called that. What came first? Nah. <laughs> Let's not go yeah. looking. Yeah, so they, they, the farm had like a river running through it, and they wanted to find out where the source was. And as they were exploring, they found this massive lake. And they went across the lake in this little one-man coracle boat. And they took all they took was a bunch of candles, uh, some rope, and a revolver. And went in because they didn't know if they were going to be like fucking bears or sharks or shit. A revolver. That's great. They were they were bad. They were badass. Like I don't know what's in you. I've got a gun, a rope, and some candles. I am going in. That is so that era. That's metal as fuck. Love it. <laughs> so yeah, as much as I could, it's it's fairly historically accurate. Apart from the the caveman language, that that was um, ripped off from um, Age of Mythology. Those are the little a, things. That was a good oh, puzzle. Though. That was such a good puzzle. Yes. Which part of Age of Mythology? I used to love that game. I kicked ass at that game. Um, which um, bits of Age of Mythology was that? So the, the Norse, presumably. Uh, no, those are the Egyptian. Uh, the, the little barks when you mm. lead them on to like click on, you know, click on shit to chop trees and stuff. The sort of Enix Gere, Bidi Amo. That's all I, the little ah, things. They say. It's like Simish, but oh, that's wonderful. I like that. I really enjoy, I like I yeah it's been a while since we've had like a language puzzle like that and I love one where it's like oh we give you the bits of the words you can just re yes. reassemble like that was that was smart that and the um the arrows which we completely yeah you up. overcomplicated that um yeah but we it wasn't that we overcomplicated it we we miscategorized it we decided Sorry. immediately that the categories were the areas of the mammoth that the arrows were in and we were oh, fixated what upon do you mean that. we <laughs> Gone. You, you mean, we decided that we 
I was not alone in this. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think it was me that initially, yeah, went like the head. There's some in the head. Um, uh, but and then Alan, you we the just one sort who of pursued that. that. I mean, only because we got a steer from Jamie. Does be fair. <laughs> Alan saw the light. Oh. It's one of those interesting Fair. things that, like, I knew that, like, it was just about the the number of arrows and the fletchings. So I tried to make the position and the angles as random as I could. But the more random you make, <laughs> the more you'd find a pattern. Like with the with the hands, yeah, yeah, those are all just randomly distributed to make it look like some fuckers just been platting them all over the wall. And the first instinct was to connect them. And Mike's going, "There's triangles here." <laughs> I genuinely, I was trying to work out if these triangles intersected, would they have a message or like a number or something in them? I'm not that um, smart. <laughs> but because that's um, uh, the exit of the game, like advent calendars, that's like one of their favorite types of puzzle. Oh, yeah. Is the like basically the join the dots style puzzle of give you some things and then you kind of, you connect the points and then it shows you something. Those are one of the ones that blindsides me in an escape room. Any kind of sort of pathfinding puzzle to like create the shape of a number by following shit like i I never get it i wasn't even need a hint for it oh i'm i'm normally quite good at those that stuff gels with me yeah same but then saying that john the problem you and i have when we do escape rooms is that we are both either good at a type of puzzle or we're both bad at it which means that <laughs> i don't know I, I don't know i feel like i feel like our, our skills overlap quite a bit so that we'll often have something that you know the average child of five could solve uh, and we're just no, sitting we there like we just can't we see, just it. Cannot see it for the life of us it's like find the pencil and we're like what do they mean by pencil how many letters are in pencil and they're like there's a pencil um <laughs> yeah we're, we're bad at the find we are bad mm. at the find. i did an escape room That's once true. where it being a child was actually an advantage uh, because it, you needed to be of a certain height. Because there was a chimney. <laughs> you needed to be of a certain height <laughs> to see an element of a puzzle through a window into another room. And because we were all like over uh, five foot, like seven, we didn't see it. And then uh, my little sister, who was a bit shorter, went, it's there. <laughs> it's been there all along. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Maybe I'm a little bit too old slash tall for this room. That's why I'm not solving it. Or, you know, you could be you could be Mike and I in an escape room where we just don't look well together. No, we're terrible. It's because we egg each other on. We just make each other laugh and don't do anything. We're just sitting there going, look at the silly, like, look at the silly thing here. Isn't that silly? And that, I was, that, was, that, was probably, that was one of the most difficult escape rooms I think I've ever done with you. Yeah. I think you and I made it difficult. It was like, you've done it, Jamie. It's the one in... Um... Uh, a Skulton, not Skulton Manor, um, Picton Castle. Oh, the, the time traveling one. Yeah. yeah it's a cracking room. Thoroughly recommend yeah. that one. I think the the um the guide got slightly annoyed with us. He literally <laughs> dragged us along kicking and screaming. Yeah. Stop fucking about you two. It, it was like having a third person in the room with the number it of was, it was, was like, Can we have a clue? Add another one. Don't go away, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> were there were there any any bits of that puzzle that didn't really gel uh for any of you guys or like didn't work as well? I guess the the voice I mean, we didn't go and look at the the buttons, which obviously would have made that more straightforward. But the degree of interpretation from listening to the voice mm. through the waterfall required definitely opened up the possibility for 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 disaster because it, it's reliant on like it's not like it, it's words that we can all agree on in the language that we speak. It's abstract sound, oh, yeah. And if you play a series of abstract sounds to three different people, they're all going to hear slightly yeah. different things. That's a good show. Yeah, so when you provided us the text actually for them, that was when it like, oh, okay, yeah, this is like, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. We can work with this. Yeah, it makes sense. Because your your text said "Arwa inex zomos." Mm. I wrote "Orwa 
inert zomus. Fairly close. Which isn't fairly close. It's not. It's not a million miles away, but, um, but it's similar I enough to be a red herring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there are enough similar sounds think, to like make you question nah. whether what's the right interpretation. Yeah. I think we would have got there if there'd have been if if we hadn't have been so badly running out yeah. of time by that point. I think we would have got there. Yeah. yeah. Was, I mean to be fair, and that was the only bit that for me that I mean, yeah, we could have done better. Like I know, not we could have done better. That was the only bit for me where there was like a little bit of like wiggle room, and I think yeah. John's right, we would have, we would have gotten there. Yeah. Um but I think that the whole room was super tight. It just kind of it came together yeah, it really was. well. Oh, Classic job. The um funny enough, the audio, uh, I had a, there was had a similar issue in the very, very first puzzle I did for this podcast when it was um you were banging um bars on a birdcage. And every time you you banged one of the bars, the bird would utter like a part, a snippet of a sound. Mm. Oh yes, I remember it. this. I listened back to and it. It was bloody snowflakes. Yeah. And I remember, I think it was you, John. You were just like, God, like this, like pulling teeth. I was like, Oh no, this is my first interaction with these guys on the podcast. They're not going to ask for me to come back. Oh, that was um, Nanny's living room, wasn't it? That was the grandma's living room. I I thought I, I uh, would have interacted uh, with the hand wall sooner to start touching mm. shit, up, and then you would have been able to go, Okay, we can press these. So that. But you know, I used to go through the notes again and lend me, a, and I was like, lend me a hand. But John was going through a kind of a, a thought thing at the time. So I was like, I'll let John finish. And it ended up being quite a long thought thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just there like, okay, I'll wait until, so it's my I'll wait until fault. John finishes. <laughs> wait, until, wait until John finishes. It'll be done soon. <laughs> <laughs> nearly, nearly there. Okay, can we go and touch the wall, please? In our... <laughs> Damn it. I am a walking distraction <laughs> from relevance. It's that oiled dolphin body of yours. I, but I do think the the hand thing that was definitely a good example of if if this were a real life escape room and the hand things were in front of us, you totally quite quite early on put your hands in the handprints. Yeah. But because it's we're in an abstract space and we're just looking at a picture of some handprints, somehow that. That instinct to put your hand where the hand is does not apply. Yeah, and instead we we obsessed over the image itself in all yeah. sorts of different ways and started carving stuff and drawing triangles, looking at the placement of them and all this stuff, without doing the obvious thing of put your hands in. Well, maybe there's a way we can address this. I mean, admittedly, this is now taking us slightly away from the land of the audio podcast, but um, AI image generation is perfect for this kind of thing. Show me a cave wall where, buh, 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 buh. I mean, the hand would have the wrong number of fingers and that would throw us because <laughs> AI cannot do fingers no. at all. But um, yeah. No, it can't, can it? Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's weird. But um, yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you mean, John. I know exactly what you mean. It's like if we'd seen that in front of us, we'd be like, this is the size of my hand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You just do it. I think this is where the, the lines between like the, the audio puzzle uh, format and the, like, the role play RPG aspect of it starts to blur. Hmm. where normally you see a visual aid and you just want to look at it, take it at face value as a picture. But then in other aspects, you you get into the role play, like Mike, when you wanted to use the coracle for the for the lols. It's, it's I, using that mindset. But I, I wonder, had you given us a picture of the coracle, I'd wager that we wouldn't have tried to use it. We would have focused on it as an image. Yeah. And on yeah. the that image, had you described the handprints on the wall to us instead of showing us the image and said there's 18 handprints on the wall, not 18, mm. but 24, whatever it is, um, 
each handprint is randomly spaced and in the center in the palm of each hand is is a different symbol and there's three of these three of these three of these, three of these, three of these. i i reckon without the image in front of us we would have much more quickly interacted with it physically. Ah, but then we would have spoiled some of the puzzle because I think that it was the three that was the thing. It was like there's three of each, and yeah. there's three of us. That was the bit. That, that was the bit. That <clears> yes. Me. Yeah. Lend me. A, yes. Um, Ooh, he needed. I love a bit of signposting. Yeah. Good signposting. Yeah. It's, oh, um, I love it. Yeah, that was good signposting. That was really good. The lend me a hand. That's really interesting. The, the the nature of the of the of the way that you present the puzzle changes the way that you interact with it, mm. which is I really think that's cool. Definitely true. Yeah. That's oddly philosophical. It's, it's hard being an audio escape room sometimes, isn't it? Because sometimes you want to do a cool thing and you're like, hey, you see a hidden switch. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. really well hidden. And I've stuffed it on a cushion. And they go, can we press the switch? You're like, oh, I hope you've searched a whole room. But, you know, and in a, in a, in like a real, in the escape room that you've built in your head, like this real escape room, they're having this amazing time. They're tearing the place to pieces. They're finding out this story while they're finding this hidden switch tucked down the back of the sofa cushion. Uh, and you're just like, you see a sofa. There's a switch in it. Um, you'll see a sofa. There's something unusual about the cushion. Like it's, it's so hard to, yeah. so hard to hide and bury things yeah um yes in a way that is not unfair yeah you're quite good at this though Mike. you're quite good at, because you you approach it from the opposite direction rather than saying there's a sofa and a fun looking cushion you'd you'd say um there's a bookshelf with some crooked shelves on it there's a wardrobe with no clothes in there and there's a sofa with a funny looking cushion and like you you'd embed a load of other junk in there that meant nothing mm. to mask the crucial fact um but it's always with enough detail in each of those elements that you go i need to interact with that now because you, w- yeah. you, you wouldn't the bookshelf yeah. you wouldn't give that much detail to something that's, that's just set dressing and that's the uh, ben would <laughs> yeah. ben would yeah ben would be like ben would give you song and verse about the reddest of herrings the luster of its scales <laughs> the length of its and, and there'd be pockets why it's linked in it what? <laughs> uh, none, none of the corpses that we've desecrated have had belly button fluff yet is it because that's oh, true no, that's true illusion that's next episode and corpse desecration is at this point an infinite escape room it's a tradition. staple yeah well, I think come back a long time. Depending on the state of the corpse, though, you probably wouldn't get belly button fluff because isn't the soft tissue around the belly one of the first things that goes? Ah, so, well, we need a freshly dead one then. Get a murder mystery on the go. Is it? I, I tell you what. So uh, I think Professor Sue Black's uh, books. How do you? Are so uh, yeah. Genuinely, um, let me find the titles of them because they're amazing books. I, I recommend them to everybody. They're all about death. Uh, <laughs> what? As in how to commit murder or? Well, I mean, ladies oh, and gentlemen, apparently I'm the dark one on this. No, podcast, it's it's more like kind of. Here we are. Well, so it's um, like what happens when people die, like the processes and how people break down. All that remains, um, yeah, all that remains. Sue Black, a fantastic book. Everybody should read it. She's a fantastic writer. It's entertaining. It's kind of funny. It's kind of sad, uh, but scientifically, it's super like super interesting trouble is though michael who are you buying that for who's getting that <laughs> as a birthday or christmas present that is not gonna feel judged i've bought that for people before <laughs> elderly relatives <laughs> <laughs> if you if you give that to anyone it's like there's a there's a there's a book out there i can't remember the name of it but i heard about it. there's a book out there and it's about um it's about cheating it's about people who cheat in relationships and the, the basic argument of the book is that the, the, these people are happy um, and, but it's a book that you if you're in a relationship you cannot read you cannot read that because the very reading of it 
implies something that is unacceptable. So, so like, oh, that's an interesting subject. Not reading a page of that. I bet sales are terrible. Are you implying that I shouldn't read all that remains by Sue Black because I'm alive? And that I should only no. read it when I'm dead? I mean, that's more about giving it to people. But it's a, a book whose very subject matter is so unpalatable that while fascinating, the act of having it on display in a physical form is a problem. So I think we need to talk about death more. I think we need to be more open about death. So I believe that is the bell for Last Orders. But before we, we go away, something I wanted to um, to bring to the, the listeners' attention is something that, a little thing that was created by Step Lockyer, who was on the podcast recently. And it's something that I want to try out. Step has, has done or created or is doing a thing called, a, called the 100 Rejections Challenge. Which I think is great. Whereas I win when he um <laughs> his his goal is to cr- is to collect a hundred rejections for yeah. opportunities that he's um gone for. So it it the intent behind that is to just strip all the the nervousness and the oh I can't do it and all that all that shit that's blocking you from just asking people to do stuff or getting opportunities because it doesn't matter if they say no you want them to say no because you're collecting rejections and if they say yes then great bonus you've got cool shit happening to you if they say no great I'm adding it to my hundred rejections list so either way you win I think it's beautiful and something I want to try out at some point um, maybe yeah. not a hundred because Christ look Jamie Jamie let me just. Give me 30 seconds and I can bring up my, um, <laughs> basically the, the account of my career, which will have, here we go, right, meetings. And this is as in auditions, 176. You've already won. Jobs, 33. I win. <laughs> Maybe you need to control the time period of that then. Fair. But do it in like I think like the the original idea is a hundred within you. Year. You want to collect. Actually, the thing is though, uh, they wouldn't even be rejections. A few of them would be because a few of them would be oh, if we'll shortlist you or pencil you or whatever you want to call it. And oh, actually no, it went the other way. Most of them though would be this sound. That would not count. Yeah. So if somebody goes yeah, to no, you, it wouldn't rejections. count. So it it has to be yeah proactive. Actual physical, not a physical, actual nose. Okay, so people, people out there in the world, you find those people who ghosted you. You find them and you kill them. Sorry, no, you, you collect their... Yeah, you get yeah. an answer. That's yes what you or do. no, either way. Get an answer. But surely the ghosting is the answer. How many people have you ghosted, Alad? <laughs> I <laughs> haven't ghosted anybody. Did you, make, did you make your feelings very clear, Alad? I haven't ghosted anybody. <laughs> I can't imagine you would, Alan. You'd be like, no. But in fact, you wouldn't mean no. You'd just be like, no. No, thanks. No. Nah. I'd be awfully polite about it. Uh, so I'm fairly certain um, either Steph's written about it or yeah. maybe uh, Myri, who was on you before as well, she wrote about it. One of them wrote about it. So I'll link to it in the show notes. But I think it's a great idea to, like, for me, whenever I want to do something, like invite a guest onto the podcast or, you know, mm. shoot my shit and see if we can get a sponsor, that kind of thing. Like, I got the email drafted. I just haven't clicked send because I'm like, oh no, I can't do that. But if I want rejection, Ooh. send, send, send. Alter- oh, I love it. Alternate game. Send all of your unsent draft emails. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. Dear. No. 
<laughs> Hello, we've had this message. Um, HR say you've just re- resigned 17 times. <laughs> you make several threatening In, uh, references to the company. <laughs> several threatening references to our well-being. <laughs> Sexual organs. Do you have anything you want to... Uh... Oh, golly. I, yeah, I wonder... So, yeah, I, I, I love the... Um, word, what's the word for this? Sentiment. Sentiment. That's the sausage. I love the sentiment behind it. I just, I wonder if it's kind of like a slight kill or cure in that you either totally, you know, you come out the other end and you are like, I'm no longer afraid of rejection. I am rejection. Or you come out with. And you go, I am rejection and throw yourself Yeah, I'm like, ah, cool. My self esteem is in the absolute toilet. I will now never speak to another person in my living life and live off of digestive biscuits delivered through the post. I mean, that sounds pretty good, actually. That's not too bad. Yeah. If you get a subscription service just for digestive biscuits, that's actually quite Choc- quite handy. Chocolate digestive. Mm. But I think I suppose the idea is after a hundred, like that should help to reframe the way that you're thinking about it. And hopefully because you're proactively seeking those rejections. But it's less of a blow when it happens because you you think well at least a part of you should be like I want this I, I, this is part of my goal is to get that. That's a, it's an interesting way of rationalizing it, isn't it? I want you to say no, and if you keep getting yeses, as can happen because you've actually put yourself out there, you have to keep seeking opportunities because you still haven't reached that hundred rejections. So you'll put yeah. yourself out there more. Um, so listeners, send that email that's in your drafts. Tweet that celebrity to tell them that you love them. Take that chance. If it's illegal, don't fucking do it. <laughs> and that email, don't send that one. Mm. Not that one, but the other one, that's fine. Yeah. Don't just be safe, is what I'm saying. But also yeah. put yourself up. Live there. A little. Take it take those chances. Oh. John, I was about to unmute you on the server and then you put another biscuit in your mouth. <laughs> oh, and the first one was just so I had to serve and mute John because the sound of meeting a biscuit was just so horrible. Oh, you can eat the entire packet. And the packet itself. I, I'm not going to server unmute you until there is no biscuit in your mouth. He's unmuted himself. Piss. Who gave him? I mean, I hope they're delicious at least. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I mean, it's an improvement from the balls. Yeah, that's, it's an improvement from that's the balls. Say, it's less erotic. I have to say, your balls have more moisture. Mm. <laughs> You've done this to yourself. We'll be finished in 10 minutes, then you can stuff yourself noisily to your heart's content. But Jamie made me think of biscuits. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And I'm Really I'm the bad guy in this scenario. I take full responsibility. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wash them down with some Yorkshire pudding beer. John, so your microbiome doesn't know it's fucking coming or going. Um, <laughs> Jamie, I have one thing to plug very quickly. If that's all right, before we, okay, I, I say plug. Just one thing to say, which is, are you too a hay fever sufferer? Does pollen smack you around the face with a fucking cricket bat every goddamn morning and night? And do you hate? No, it? I'm a grown up. Fuck you, John. Fuck you and your... Yeah, fuck you, John. Histamines. Um, your good, well-calibrated histamines. Um, mm. So you may have fallen prey to this thing about uh, local honey. Um, and I've seen it go do the rounds, and every time I say I've, ha- I've hay fever, somebody says, oh, you should try local honey and blah, blah, blah. So I looked for some peer-reviewed research on it, and I found some. Uh, and the long and short of it is that it's 
absolutely no difference whatsoever. There is no difference for the placebo group as there is for those taking local honey for the infects. So for the which means that you're just cursed of uh, rhinocarcinoma. Now it's just yeah, you just you're, you're fucked. Yeah. Have as many antihistamines as your body will take before you start seeing devils, um, and just yeah, <laughs> don't, yeah, don't buy into this incredibly expensive weird. Uh, local honey thing it's absolute bullshit just buy honey because so it's delicious i would say local honey is very tasty well, it's delicious it's just so if you want to like if you want to buy it because it tastes lovely yeah then great uh, yes but there will be also, assholes who will sell you it in supplement form ah uh, mm. oh yeah oh no they can get in the bin yeah but they're the same people that would sell you vitamins in supplement form which largely can yeah. get in the bin no thank you i mean if you want to get rid of uh, of hay fever the the key thing is to appease the goddess of summer so you must sacrifice somebody in a giant wicker effigy once a year to keep the crops coming and to keep the pollen at your face but people apparently take issue with that that's not good hmm. for people I I think I'm at that stage now, to be honest. I think I can, yeah. It's a you public suffer. service, Mike. I mean, I've had to mute myself several times, and I'm looking at the top of my microphone now. I have noticed you like blowing your nose a fair bit. <laughs> yeah, I, there's what I can describe as a deposit on top of my microphone fluff. My, uh, the little foam cap is going to need to go in the wash off. Yeah, it really is. You don't even live in the countryside. I, Milton Keynes, we've got uh, trees everywhere. It's tree pollen. Yeah, absolutely shit. Uh, surrounded by concrete. <laughs> Surrounded by trees, John. Surrounded by trees. Solid concrete. Solid grey concrete. It's like the Death Star out there. (laughs) Absolutely. um, Outrageous. Another thing I forgot to mention uh, for our listeners is that uh, Mike and I were recently individual guests on the Life is an Escape Room podcast. Oh, yeah, shit. That's published with Christina and Jeff Eanes. Um, I don't know what... What? Life is an Escape Room and we all get out. What's the... Like, uh, the, the premise is using escape room psychology and team dynamics, um, taking the, the things that you do in that scenario into a professional setting. So it's thing, so the, okay. the episode that I was on was all about seeing things from other people's perspectives. Uh, I don't know, what was yours, Mike? Hmm. John, don't laugh. Emotional hmm. intelligence. Hmm. Interesting. And pedagogy. It was it was emotional intelligence tied in with pedagogy, so a bit of Mesereau's hierarchy of needs and everything. Nice. Uh, yeah, they were lovely, lovely folks to, to chat to. And it was uh, it was a good good couple of episodes. So I'll pop those in the show notes as well. So give them some love. Tell them that we say hi. And if you want to see us on other people's podcasts, give us recommendations for other people's podcasts for us to visit, mm. and we will add them to our hundred rejections list when we ask them to go on their podcast. I want to be on Joe Rogan and call him a fuck. <laughs> That's the entire podcast. Just <laughs> you, sir. Fuck. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> yeah, no, no. You, you want to? You, you need to add the you, sir. R A, not you, sir. Fuck, because okay, then I'm Joe Rogan. Oh, fuck you. Get off me, you horrible little man. <laughs> Do you want some edibles? No, fuck off, Joe. I I maintain we are gonna. There's gonna be some breaking news thing where it turns out that Joe Rogan and Andrew Tate were the same person. <laughs> just one, just with a wig. One's wearing a bodysuit. They're both bald. There's no wig. <laughs> I thought isn't Andrew? No, isn't uh, Andrew Tate? He's got he's bald. Got hair. Nope. Yeah. Oh my god. Nope, oh. He's and he's in prison. Joe Rogan, Andrew Tate, and oh my god. Oh my god. He's here with us. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, Heston Blumenthal just unzips the back of his head and it, it out pops Joe Rogan. Well, that's me. Joe fucking Rogan. You may remember me from such podcasts as Golly Clarky, Isn't COVID or a government conspiracy? Are vaccines really the answer? 
and holistic medicine and my delicious vitamin pills. <laughs> you see, I think that's that's teams written down. That's a feature episode that you've got in the pipeline, Megan. <laughs> also, having just looked at a picture of yeah, there's there's definitely. Am I missing out as a bald person with a beard? Should I, in fact, be? There is a there is an image here. Yeah, yes, there's okay. a yeah, there's a. I could be making more money peddling shit. Just That's yeah, good. yes, peddle shit and tell people that they shit, unless they buy your shit, and that's how you make bank these days. Oh my God, easy money. <laughs> Latest bitches must make my first gazillion. <laughs> <laughs> And I believe that is kicking out time for the pub. So we shall see you next time from the Infinite Escape Room, where we're escaping from a fucking midair on a rapid descent <laughs> to the ground. It's going to be a cotton gum. Yes. Digestive hell. Escaping from digestive hell. I'm sorry, John, could you say that again with an ounce of moisture in your face? <laughs> oh, as he drinks his yogurt mm. pudding beer to, to, to swell <laughs> down the digestive. I don't want to. I don't want well, don't eat the biscuits. You just had to wait. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been listening to Radio 4? You ever listening to the Today program and suddenly John Humphreys is like, excuse me, and then he's just tucking into a fucking chicken, just pulling an entire roast chicken apart. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> Today we are interviewing the culture secretary. But first, this delicious family bag of crisps. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, these days you get a better answer out of the bag of crisps. Well, yes. <laughs> I'd like to see that you hear the shipping forecast where they're trying to suddenly eat a, t- a tub of mints and just see. And flight vessel automatic, <laughs> moderate but fair. South at Sierra, north at Sierra. Moderate, but <laughs> fair. I'd listen the fuck out of that. <laughs> <laughs> we love you lots. I will see you next time on the Infinite Escape Room. Bye-bye. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> and we leave into the night, singing, swaying, sick in a bin. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Uh, John with biscuit crumbs going down his front. <laughs> Fall asleep on the bus home, end up at the depot, make friends to the bus driver, get married, have a couple of kids, live life in harmony. The end. <laughs>